Welcome to the Life at Lang podcast. I'm your host, Tori Wakeford, a fourth year marketing management student and the president of the Lang Students Association. On this podcast, we will be interviewing a variety of guests from across our Lang community. And through hearing their stories, advice, and experiences, we hope to give you a glimpse into what life is like here at the Gordon S. Lang School of Business and Economics. In today's episode, I sat down with our first ever guest, Caitlin Cortina. Caitlin was the president of the Lang Students Association from 2020 to 2021, and is now the current captain of our JDCC team here at Lang. Caitlin's been involved in all different things during her time here at the Lang School of Business, and she shared with us not only advice for how to get involved, but also why she thinks that joining things like student associations can completely transform your university experience. We hope you enjoy the episode, and let's get started. All right, so thanks for being here with me, Caitlin, today. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Good to see you. It's exciting to get to chat about some of our favorite things today. I think we both agree that we could talk about sort of being involved on campus and and all the things we've done in our years forever. So excited to get to chat more about that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. So a few things to just get started. I know we gave you a little bit of an intro, but if you can just tell us a bit more about who you are and then talk about your involvement, not even just currently, but also what you've been involved in on campus in the past. For sure. So a little bit of background on me. I'm currently going into my fifth year of the marketing management program here at the Lang School of Business. I've co-opted, so that's why I'm, I'm taking a fifth year. Uh, I've been involved ever since my first year. So I actually was a brand ambassador when the Lang Student Association was called the College of Business and Economics Student Association. Then right after being a brand ambassador, I kind of moved up to an executive level, being director of HR, and then moved to various positions. Uh, coming after that, I also tried out DECA as delegate one year, as well as JDCC Lang as a delegate for the past two years. And now currently, after I've completed my presidential role for the LSA, I'm now captain of JDCC Lang. So I'm super excited for that. Outside of involvement, I'm currently in a co-op work term at Labatt Breweries. So it's been kind of an exciting and busy summer nonetheless, but all good. Can't complain. Awesome. So yeah, that is quite the list of involvement. I don't know about you. Actually, I like to ask people this question. Are you someone who was involved in high school or was that a new thing when you joined university? No, I was never involved in high school. Um, I had a lot of friends that were involved, but I never took any interest in like student clubs, student government. The one thing I did do in high school, though, was I played on the soccer team. But playing sports and being involved in the student club is, is a little bit different, I like to think. So yeah, I honestly was never involved in high school. And then I guess university, I just wanted to try something new. And quite honestly, I was really worried about the transition over from high school to university. You know, I never really left home. This is my first time being away from home this long. So I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I made friends and I was able to have a good support network. And that's kind of why I got involved at first. And then once I got involved, I just got hooked. Like I love the ability to plan events, to meet professors, meet faculty, meet other students. So it was a huge support. I'd love to hear on your end if you were ever involved in high school. 
So once again, very similar situation. And I think that's unexpected. I think a lot of people come into, you know, a student association or even before they got get hired onto one, they think, oh, I don't have enough on my resume from high school. You know, I wasn't on student council. I didn't play any sports. Like I wasn't really involved. I was the same as you. I didn't really do anything. Um, I did a little bit of like prom committee stuff in grade 12. I played a sport for just my junior years, my grade nine and 10 years, but I really wasn't involved in much. And that's kind of funny to think about because I really did sort of completely take a different approach to university, not really on purpose. It was more so just a, same as you, wanted to have people in my program that were friends and that I could go to for academic things. And I wanted to be like aware of what was going on within the business community. So I felt like getting involved was a good way to do that. And now that obviously like you has, you know, just built on itself every year to I've been involved in so many things now. So that I think is a good thing maybe for anyone listening that feels like they have to have a lot on the resume even coming in to first year to get on these student clubs. It is a hiring process. Um, things on your resume will help you, but you know, both of us have made it to where we are without that. So that it's really a lot more about personality at that point and about you know, how willing you are to learn, how excited you are to be there, how committed you seem, that's going to outweigh your technical, you know, qualifications or experience in almost every situation, I think. Yeah, totally. And I also think it's important to touch on that you don't need necessarily clubs and high school extracurricular experience, but you also don't necessarily need work experience as well. Um, whether you're in your first year, second, third, second, third or fourth year, you can totally come aboard the team. And that's kind of why we have these extracurriculars, especially in university, uh, because, you know, after you leave university, lots of people look for jobs, full-time careers, things like that. So extracurriculars are a huge uh, asset in your, in your professional development because they give you opportunities that you wouldn't have been able to have at such a young age. So doesn't matter your skill level, more of just that enthusiasm and that willingness to learn is the most important in getting your shoe in the door. And then once you're kind of in the extracurriculars on the club, you get those skills and you can help market yourself to other employers in the future. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember someone saying that to me once it was like, I think it was more they some that was told to me when I was in the context of hiring, but I wish someone had told me this even back when I was just applying to student associations and whatever is you can like hire the, the personality or, you know, hire the, the soft skills you're looking for because you can teach the hard skills. So looking at that on, you know, this side of the table where I've been able to do a lot of interviewing now, that's something I always keep in mind is, you know, there might be two candidates. One of them has, you know, great, they've done a lot of graphic design and they're, you know, have photography experience or whatnot but the enthusiasm isn't there versus on the other side, there's someone who's so excited to be part of the team. They're going to put more into it, even though we might have to teach them some of the technical stuff. That, in my opinion, is more important. And I think, you know, now that I've seen that, I also take that into interviews with me and say, maybe the things I need to sell about myself are the soft skills, not just the hard skills. Exactly. I totally agree. And with student associations and with these extracurricular clubs, it's also important that to note that it's a safe space and that, as you said, like you're on now on the other side of the table with these interviews. Like, I don't think I would have been able to have that opportunity coming in, in university, sorry, to be able to interview other candidates. And that's truly what helped me when I came to interviewing for actual jobs 
is seeing how, okay, from an interviewer standpoint, like what really resonates with you, what you really remember, what didn't quite work so well. So it truly is, is to help you all, help you out in the long run. That's, I think, my favorite part of being on an association is how it really is sort of like a, and I mean this in a positive way, like a simulation of the real work world that you get to <laughs> test out these things. You get to try different positions. You get to, like I said, sit on the other side of the table and be the one interviewing people, but in a way that everyone is learning. So it's it's very supportive. It's you know not super high risk. There aren't huge consequences, but you get to actually apply those concepts you're learning in your classes in sort of a business setting, but it's very sort of controlled and a lot less scary in my opinion than the actual thing. So getting to sort of have that in between of, you know, you do your classes, you'd get some practice in if you join things on campus and then, you know, you go out and already like feel you have experience. And that was a big thing for me is once I started doing things on campus, whether it was, you know, I've been a teaching assistant and whatnot, having that content for interview questions has been massive, right? Being able to say, you know, you get asked a question, tell us about a time you've solved a problem, you've had used critical thinking, you've, you know, found yourself in a conflict. I always have an answer. So that enough, right? Because that's the worst feeling. You're sitting in an interview, you get asked a sort of situational question like that. And you're like, I can't think of an example. I don't think anyone who's been involved for, you know, a couple of years could ever say, oh, I can't have, like, I don't have an example for that question because we've gone through all those things, but in sort of this like low risk setting, which is really cool. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you can't go wrong with getting involved. And even outside of professionally, I've met, I think, probably all of my close friends I have now through through being involved. And they're all different years, different stages of their lives. So I've gotten a lot of advice and a lot of guidance from them. And I wouldn't have met them if I was involved. So true. I can definitely say the same thing that my my core friend group also happens to be my coworkers and my mentors and the people in my classes. And that's really cool. I mean, I think it's good to also have friends outside of your program, sort of refreshing sometimes to, especially as business students, we like to talk about business. So it's nice to have my science friends and my, you know, criminal justice friends and whatnot, but it's pretty cool to have those friends that you get to sort of grow professionally and work professionally with, but then also, and that's why student associations are fun is because chances are the people that you're working with, the people that you're attending meetings with, you get to do that, you know, more professional stuff, but you're also probably having a ton of fun with them in your personal life. And that's fun to work with people that you really get along with. What's a piece of advice you would give to a student who's like, I want to get involved on campus. I want to do something within the business community at Lang. I don't know what to do. What's a piece of advice you'd give that person? Okay, I'll give general advice. And then I'll give kind of an action plan because I feel like sometimes you need maybe a little action plan to push you. General advice is say yes. I started saying yes in the middle of university, so probably my second, third year, to literally everything. Like not just being involved, not just, you know, various other opportunities, but like yes to going out with friends, yes to studying, yes to trying a new course. And it's truly changed my life and opened up a lot of doors and a lot of different opportunities, both personally and professionally. So that's my biggest recommendation. And then kind of going hand in hand in that is with saying yes, is being able to have an open mind. So like if you have a suggestion, if you have feedback, say like yes and, 
yes or we can do this or even just ask the question why so you can get a better understanding an action plan if you're looking to get involved first off we have 17 organizations right now all ranging from different areas of majors to areas of interest so first step is for you to see kind of which one you're interested in best way to do that is to look on their instagram see what events they they put on see what the vibe is like, see the lines of your values, things like that. Once you have kind of, and you don't have to limit yourself to one, you can have a, a couple in your, in your mind. Once you have that list, just go ahead and apply and, you know, show yourself, be yourself in the interview. That's all that we're kind of looking for. And then the rest will, is history. I have to add a few tidbits of advice because first of all, for anyone listening that wants to get involved, we're both very open to giving you the tips and tricks to this um, because we've been on both sides of the table several times and not that it's necessarily something you know my biggest advice is just don't feel like you need advice just kind of go into it and share your true reasoning and be excited and show that you're willing to learn that's sort of like I think we both agree on that but the thing that really helped me was try and get in sort of contact with or try to go to events hosted by the associations you're interested in because if you're a familiar face and you've shown up to you know events or initiatives that have been hosted by that team if that team sort of knows who you are if you've introduced yourself if you've expressed that you're interested in joining before you actually submit an application when your name comes up on that application and you're already a little bit familiar that's going to be huge because you've already demonstrated that you're going to put the effort in or that you have a genuine interest and you're not just doing it for your resume. So that's something I definitely tell people. I also think just be, like you said, open-minded about why you're going into it, but also remember that it should be a balance of, we understand this is a resume builder. No one's denying that. That's a a big reason why we all do it, but that shouldn't be a hundred percent of the reason because you're not going to get a lot out of it if that's the only reason. So also go into it, you know, looking for ways to learn new things, looking for ways to get involved with different people, to meet new people, to, you know, expand your social circle, to find out about other opportunities. It should be a good balance of both. So do a little sort of self-check before you apply to something like this. And again, we're such advocates for it's never too late. If you only have, you know, one semester left, it might be trickier. Ideally start in September of your last year at the latest, but it can be done do it anytime. It's never too late. There's always something around, but in that way, you know, it's never too late, but also make sure you're doing it for the right reason. Cause that's going to make it re- like way more enjoyable if you're there for sort of both sides of that. Okay. So question sort of comparing now, you mentioned that you've obviously been on the LSA. You were last year's LSA president. You've had some other sort of director roles. You're now captain of JDCC. So first of all, can you explain to us a little bit more about what JDCC is And then second part of that is what's been the biggest difference for you sort of leading the LSA and leading the JDCC team? Right. So JDCC is our business case competition team here on campus. So it can get a little bit confusing just because we compete in different areas. So we have an academic area that is your traditional business case competition like uh, style. So essentially we have different disciplines in the academic team and they all compete on teams of three. They get three hours to analyze a case. They do a 20-minute presentation to panel judges, and then that's their, that's kind of their competition. We also have sports, well, now esports. So they essentially play 
uh, video games and compete on sports. We also have a debate team. So we do parliamentary style debate as well as social, which is kind of like an improv team, which is actually pretty interesting because you learn a lot of skills that you can apply to business and that you can apply to life on the social team. And I don't think many people know that. I think the inclination is to always go to academics, like business cakes competition, easy peasy, I'll learn, learn some things. But I think you'll learn more social. So I'm a huge advocate for social team. Second part of that question is the difference between JC and LSA. So I know we kind of touched upon this earlier on, but LSA is very much like a business or similar to a business. You have like two VPs, about 10 to 12 directors that help kind of support you. And then quite a larger team below that. Uh, you also plan more events, plan more student mentorship program. And being on the Langston Association, you're looking at the big picture. So how can you provide value to all the students at Lang? How can you help out the other student leaders, student presidents on other clubs and associations? So you're kind of looking at a whole bunch of different things and figuring out how you can tie it together and what's the value in it. With JDCC, it's nice because uh, at least for me, I feel like I can at least focus into one association, like one area, even though we have kind of different teams. It's nice because we're not hosting events. So I'm more focusing on, okay, our team right now, how can I help them develop? How can I push them to succeed in our competition that we compete in in January? So it's a little bit of a different dynamic. I also don't have that many executives on JDCC. So a lot of the responsibilities is on me, which is totally fine. It's just a little bit of a different dynamic and a little bit of an adjustment. But regardless, it's still a lot of fun and I'm learning a lot. I think that's interesting. And you kind of touched on it, but the way that I would sort of summarize that is like my job is very much to provide value external facing and your job is to create value for your internal team. And that is really different. Like I imagine that transition would be tricky to just like switch your mindset. Yeah, it it is a little bit tricky. We're not in the full swing of things yet, but it definitely will feel a little bit weird come September when I'm not necessarily looking at, okay, this event needs to provide this value. Like if this many people are going, how can we like maximize their experience to give them the most amount of value? It's more of, okay, I know my team. I know their personalities. I get to know them a little bit more so I can kind of tailor my leadership, my coaching capabilities, or even just the workshops or mini events that we have internally to help develop them and improve them. And you're also working towards one big goal. Like you have your January competition is it. Yeah, it's one team, very much one team, one dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all we all work together, which is nice as well. And that's kind of the we're all working towards January. And at competition, there's school of the year, which is essentially the number one school you could say. So I'm definitely really aiming and shooting for first place this year. So we'll manifest that as well. <laughs> Love it. So we're good at that tonight. So that's good. <laughs> that's okay, a common well. theme. I have to ask you as sort of our our closing, coming from current LSA president to my mentor, my previous LSA president, which I I'm consider myself very lucky because I got to work sort of as your right hand as your VP for a year. So I had a whole year to witness all of your mastery, but I'm wondering if you have one sort of 
summarizing piece of advice for me or maybe a challenge that came up that you weren't expecting that you can sort of share how you overcame that? Something that you feel like you should pass on to me as I take the torch. Don't be afraid to make change or to start the conversation on change. I was in a unique position last year because that was when everything went online, when we all were social distance, when COVID was started. So we truly had to enact change and rewrite the whole year, make everything different and deal with a lot of ambiguity. So I, my advice to you, and even those listening can definitely take this, but don't be afraid to you know, raise your hand, comment on something, ask questions, and figure out the root cause of things, or even just figure out like a better way to do it, something that will provide more value to students or more value to yourself. And don't be afraid to start that conversation and really push for that change. Even if it's coming from one of your team members or, or somebody that you know, just be willing to take that feedback and just act on it so that you know we can make changes and we can make a difference because you're now in another unique position because we're transitioning now from online to in-person but it's not like you can bring back those in-person events that we've done because there are still our restrictions. So you're going to have to make lots of other changes too. So just embrace it and be open to it. I love that. <laughs> I actually really, I think that's a really good thing to hear because exactly what you said, we're now struggling with, okay, we need to transition back to in-person, but not necessarily the in-person that we know. And I am struggling with, you know, people want to see us pick up exactly where we left off. So now we're in this another situation of things have to be different, but a different kind of different than you experience. So thank you yeah. for that. I, I always appreciate your advice and I come to you for it a lot. So that will definitely not change. But um, quickly, do you want to just tell us where we can find more information about JDCC? Yes. Where you can find more information on JDCC is our Instagram. So if you look at JDCC underscore Lang, that is where you'll find us. And we'll have more postings, more positions on the team opening up in September. So feel free to stay tuned. You, even if you don't want to join the team, we always appreciate a follow and a supporter as we prep for competition in January. Awesome. Okay. So my final thing, we do a would you rather question to finish off our episodes. And I had to come to you as our case competition queen with a bit of a tricky one that is particularly catered to you. So my question is, would you rather go into every future case competition you have and have either half the time as everyone else to solve the case or have to do every future case competition by yourself? Oh, that's a really hard one. It would depend. Oh, it depends on the team because I had a really good team member a couple of years back and we just crushed through cases. <laughs> so half the time would be fine for us. Um, hmm. I'd have to say I'd have to take half the time because regardless of team, it really is. I rely on, on my team members for the past two years to really help out with the case analysis because yes, like you're strong on your own. Like I don't even speak for myself, but even like everyone listening, you're, you're good on your own, but you're even better when you have at least someone supporting you and just playing devil's advocate because something that you think may be a good idea, someone may, may be able to, you know, shine a light on a hole or something that you completely overlooked. 
So I definitely need that support. You're a lot stronger. What, what's that saying? You're stronger in numbers. I right. think that's what it is. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, that's cool. That. that really, to me, highlights the fact that JDCC, and I have never been on JDCC, but my sort of external uh, you know, perception of your team. And I think I've heard this from people that have been on it in the past is it is so much about the people. It is so much about the teamwork. So the fact that you answered that question without, I think, trying is you just show that that is really what it's all about because you're not willing to sacrifice that working with your teammates part. And that I think that's really cool and speaks to a really great culture. Yeah, we are, we are a huge team, a huge family. You could say we have a saying, it's called, we are all best friends. And we live that through and through. We're all best friends. And I couldn't ask for a better team. So fun. All right. Well, I wish you all the best with this upcoming exciting year for JDCC. We will definitely be cheering you all on, whether that's virtually or in person. And thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to see everything you do with the LSA. As always, if you need anything, feel free to reach out. I certainly will. As I said, that that is a habit that will not be changed. <laughs> That's right. fine by me. I like it. Awesome. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode of the Life at Lang podcast. To keep up with everything going on here at the Lang School of Business, make sure to follow both at Lang Business and at Lang Students Association over on Instagram. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time.